we eat poorly and diets high in sugar, it's not the sugar in the teeth, but it's the diets high in sugar that are making high blood sugar levels. Or when we're eating diets that don't have like the base minerals like magnesium, calcium, or we're lacking fat soluble vitamins like the D3 that we would normally get from the sun. So that's sort of the dietary part. So when we're eating poorly, that lymphatic system goes stagnant in the tooth. And then that fluid is no longer going out into the tooth. And if it gets worse, that system becomes like a straw. So instead of nutrients into the tooth and then out onto the surface of the teeth, like microscopic sweat, and then coalescing with the saliva, what happens is the tooth becomes like a straw and it's sucking in the bacteria, virus, fungi from the mouth. And that's the genesis of a cavity. I'm Doug Bopes, personal trainer, best-selling author and entrepreneur, and I'm on a mission to help others become the best version of themselves. So I'd like to welcome you to the Adversity Advantage podcast, where we will help you use obstacles, failures, and setbacks to give you that edge needed for success. I'll be interviewing people from all walks of life on how they overcame trials and turned them into triumphs. So please sit back, relax, and get ready to be absolutely blown away by some of the wisdom and stories you're about to hear. Welcome back to another episode of the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bobes, and today's guest is Nadine Artemis. Nadine is an author. She's an aromacologist. She's a formulator and a thought leader in the health and wellness and beauty space. Nadine is also the founder and CEO of Living Libations, which is a luxury line of serums, elixirs, and essential oils for those seeking the purest of the pure botanical health and beauty products on the planet. I have been wanting to have a conversation for quite some time on the show with regards to toxic beauty and household products and felt that given her expertise, experience, and compelling story, Nadine was a perfect fit for this dialogue. We chat about how she rebuilt her life after losing everything after a fire burned down her house and business. Nadine shares how important gratitude was during that time and how she was able to remain optimistic despite her horrific circumstances. She also provides some advice for those who are listening that feel that their life has fallen apart. Nadine and I talk about some traditional household and hygiene products that you may want to avoid, including certain types of toothpaste, soap, deodorant, and mouthwash. Along those same lines, she also provides some holistic alternatives for you to consider that will help you improve your dental care, skin care, and hygiene long-term. Our discussion also dives deep into essential oils and why quality matters. Nadine shares their tremendous healing power and how they can be used to help with sleep, stress, and anxiety. So let's get this conversation going and welcome Nadine Artemis to the Adversity Advantage podcast. Nadine, welcome to the Adversity Advantage podcast. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to chat with you because we're going to talk about something today that I've been wanting to cover on the show for a while, and that's like household products beauty care, cosmetics, aromatherapy, or not aromatherapy, I guess aromatherapy, if you will, but more essential, more or less essential oils. But before we get into all of that, your house burned down and you lost everything. And it was shortly after I know your mom had just passed away and you lost a really valuable family heirloom, I believe in that. So what I want to ask is what was going on in your life? Like, where were you? Like, what was, what were you doing? And like, how good was your life when this all happened other than just losing your mom? And then how did you get to where you are today after witnessing and and having your, your house completely burned to ashes? 
Yeah, it was obviously an intense moment. And it was our house that burnt down, but also our entire business, because mm-hmm. that was in the, they were sort of beside each other in this house that we'd overtaken. Luckily, we built a couple of little cabins. We're on, I'll just tell, set the scene a bit. We uh, moved here from the big city of Toronto about 15 years ago, and the fire was in 2013. And so we have this beautiful place. It's 200 acres, fresh water, beautiful lake that we look at, forest all around. And so, yeah, we have this beautiful situation. And then we're rolling right along rolling with our business, living libations. And, you know, I mean, think we've got great momentum. We've got our son is about six. We're rolling. It's like expanding every year. And we're at the point where, you know, we've spent the last two years building and saving and like severing a portion of the land so that we can build this ahead headquarters because we obviously could see the the space we were just expanding all the time and then it was so exciting because i thought you know after all these years i can really now design forget about designing the products i can design the place where the products will be made and it will be so awesome so you know we severed we got the architects we've invested in you know building the road in so the construction can start you know even the architect drawings that it takes is a big investment and then on saturday august the 2nd before the Monday, the 4th, where we were about to start construction. And we'd save so much money to do this project. It was funny on the Friday, I said to Ron, I said, it's so weird, but I don't think we're spending the money on the building, even though I'm like, maybe I'm, we're just, it's like, a, you know, it's a big project and maybe I'm just a little nervous about this next chunk. And we just spent the whole month really cleaning, like, I mean, doing when you have a kid and then you go into the playroom and they have like once a year, you might have that six hour, like all the marbles are going to go with the marbles and the Lego is going to go with the Lego. And, you know, I had to integrate. I got all this stuff from my mother the month before because she had died in January. And I mean, we're talking heirlooms from like the 1800s from my grandfather was a kind of a famous artist in those days in 1800s and like jewelry and silver and like, you know, beautiful clothing that I just was so sentimental to me. So we had to really integrate that into our home and photos and, you know, just everything. So it was really interesting because I also felt like I really knew the contents of what we had. And then that night, just waking up to a, a sound of an explosion in the little cabin that we were in. And then all you could see was just light. It's like one o'clock in the morning and there's just so much blaze. It's like 20 feet high in the sky. And it's like started in the garage, the carport, and it's like starting to overtake the house and all that's in it. And it's so intense to be in that moment where you are face to face with something that is so much bigger than you. Like you have no control over, you know, there's just nothing. And then you just keep hoping that, you know, it'll stop. <laughs> and we're in the country. So the 24 minutes it took for the volunteer fire department to get here seemed like forever. And then it just kept going. Like, and then you think, oh, maybe the basement, you know, cause that's where a lot of the over this other stock was. And it just nothing, it just all, all it blew up. And then, then when it got to the little essential oil, cold storage room, of course, they're all flammable. It was already all gone anyway, but that just made it go worse, you know, and they're like, what, you know, what's in here then in the coming days when the, you know, all the people would come by, they're just like, wow, 
this fire site doesn't smell like any fire we've ever had, <laughs> you know, cause it kind of smelled good. <laughs> it smelled like lavender. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and then our whole lives were just this like pile of literal ashes and like things like a 13 foot Island for our, our alchemy kitchen, you know, just gone. Like, cause we're sifting and sorting through things. Now, luckily we did find some stuff. Like I found about 80% of my mom's jewelry. And I got to have that restored. I think that was about, you know, maybe like one pair of jeans, like somehow was rolled up tightly and it survived. So there'd be some weird things that we found, but it was just like such a great loss. And that my feeling initially was like, oh God, do I have to kind of redo the past 20 years to like get here again? Real quick. I don't, I don't yeah. want to interrupt you, but how, how did the fire start? You said it yeah. started in the garage. So what caused the fire? So, well, they it was really gone, but the fire chief said it was like like a mouse or a chipmunk chewing wires in the attic. So it was one of those insulation attics, not an attic that anybody goes in. And apparently it's very common in those, which I wish I said, oh, I wish I'd known that because we would have maybe done that spray foam insulation or something. Anyway, so they chew it and then it cinders with the insulation in there. And then eventually... That was probably the, well, something else. So it had started probably by the time we were going to bed around 11, probably was smoking and it got so big that it made something else boom, which woke us up. Got it. Yeah. And so, you know, we rebuilt, we rebuilt the house. We bought, you know, we have wires now that mice can't chew through. (laughs) So things like, and a sprinkler system, even though hopefully that'll never happen again, but it really is quite a thing to be like, have nothing Except like, I mean, you know, you still have the pajamas on your back, so to speak. And I was like, damn, they weren't even my good pajamas, <laughs> but it's like literally your outfit for the next week. So, but then you realize, you know, obviously it's just like huge because you're just running through loss after loss after loss. And then two days later, you're like, oh God, and then that, and then that, and then that, or like our whole computer hard drive and not everything was in the cloud yet or whatever. But then you start to realize like, well, the business is is the physical things but it also isn't because then we had like it felt like no physical business but we still had like a whole business and and our website and and we had like the intellectual property and the formulas and all that and all of our beautiful clients so we said we sent out a newsletter and we just said like you know we said what happened and we said but our goal is to I don't even know how I, whether we'll start shipping in September. I don't know how, but so by Monday, we had a friend in town that was like, you can use our space. Cause he had like a whole 5,000 square foot home empty. And uh, I was like, no, I mean, he, we're going to, oh God, we got drums, oil and stuff. He's like, absolutely. Absolutely. So that was amazing. So our team didn't even lose a day of work somehow. And then we just started like the process of like gathering all the raw materials, but we have like 300 raw materials and like, you know, probably 60 components for packaging. And it's, it's very, it's fun business, but it's pretty complex. Like it's not just like widgets or whatever. So somehow we, you know, we gathered and we started formulating again and like, luckily all of our clients ordered all of August. So we had lovely flow. We had lovely belief in what we do. And then somehow 
you know, we had, I remember we had a Rubbermaid bin of orders from August, like just all the papers filled. And we just started filling orders and sending out and things were just rolling. And so to be able to keep the business flowing was really our saving grace. And also because we'd saved to buy the building, I mean, to build that building. And so ironically or whatever, we didn't use the money to build that headquarters because we used it to build, rebuild our business, to buy inventory, to buy like clothing. Cause it's also in those moments when you see the strength of your insurance policies, which weren't so exciting at the time, but you know, now we know all the insurance lessons and the ways to like, you know, work to get the best policy that you can. Cause of course you don't always think you're really going to need your insurance policy. So that was a good lesson as well, but really it was great that we just had had that savings. And so we could really start rolling right away. And then it was just like about rebuilding and regrouping. And then it was, I feel like also like now that I have a hindsight, I feel like too, I feel like I was rolling into a part of kind of being burnt out. You know, I think there was some, as an entrepreneur, you can, you can keep going until, you know, some parts aren't so sustainable and you've got to delegate more or do those types of things. So we regrouped there. Of course, we know we had to really regroup for a few years before we could save up to build the building again. But what was so cool is in that time, we also realized, oh, we shouldn't, we won't build there on that part and we'll do it a whole other area. So then by 2015, 2016, we started saving and then we, we used a whole other part of our land. And then the vision became, you know, because our, our, it was like, I felt like it was seen like such a setback, the fire. But then if you allow different perspectives, I was like, I feel like it kind of moved us ahead. You know, I feel like we skipped some stages almost because it took us through something so fast and furious. And what we also saw was that while our business is very nuanced and complex, it's totally agile. And we also learned that people are love and so loyal to what we make so that was really good. And it also our team going through that and kind of going through that intensity with our world now, you know, during 2020, it seemed like we were so able to be strong and resilient because we'd gone through that internally. And now this space was safe and it gave us the strength to deal with the chaos from, you know, all that, that we've all been dealing with. Wow. There's a, there's a lot there and gosh, kudos to you, your team, your family for being able to take such, such a tragedy in your life and turning it into something meaningful, magical, and, and, and ultimately using this as a beacon of hope for so many other people that when their life does fall apart, if you will, that there is this, this chance, there is this light that can come if you believe enough in your mission, if you believe enough in where you're going that can come out of a time of darkness like that. So to kind of re- rephrase, reframe, if you will, like what you were just explained, like life is obviously aside from your mother passing away, which is highly un- uh, unfortunate. Life was good professionally. Yeah. You guys were thriving. You were growing. You were looking to expand the business. And all of a sudden the house and your business burns down by like a freak accident. So many people listening to this, maybe they, they didn't have their house burned down. Maybe their business didn't burn down, but maybe they've had times in their life where they felt like their life is burning down. They feel like that house is burning. 
And maybe if it's not now, it might happen in a month, might happen in a year, might happen in a decade. So what were some of the things that really got you through? What did you have to lean on when you were left with next to nothing that kept you optimistic, that kept you going to be able to keep yourself in a good frame of mind to keep your family together and then ultimately keep your business together? Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are good questions. I feel like generally I have a positive spirit. So I totally leaned into that more. I feel like I do look for the silver lining. And personally, I don't know what else you can do in those moments. Like you, to me, your whole mission in those moments is just to find the next better thought that you possibly can. It's almost like you have to, it's like there's like a little ladder in your brain. And you have to just sort of step up each better thought and you have to find it. And then, you know, so you can't go from like, this sucks. I'm devastated to like, oh, I'm going to be okay. Like you have to kind of just, you can walk through it and you can do that in five seconds or you can do it over a few days, but you got to do it. And I feel like when you're in those situations, whether it's a health scare, somebody, you know, your own version of a house, house burning down. You just got to know this. That's not the ending of the story in that moment. Right. And so you want to just, it's not just not the end. And so you got to keep going to create that, get to the horizon of the ending. And I feel like it's just thought by thought, just find those little things that feel good. Don't make big leaps. And just, you know, first, so we felt a lot of loss. So I focused on, well, what don't we, didn't we lose? You know, first of all, obviously the three of us, our little family, what was also really good for us is not we didn't just have a home on a on a little block in the city or whatever, which I feel like if your home goes, then like that is it. But we have our land, and that's actually our home. I really wasn't concerned about the home, you know, the home itself, it's a shelter. But it, what there was some special things inside. Also, we, you know, we make everything with our business. So we had, and it was August, so we really gear up for the fall then. So we had just also made so much because one of our key people was going to take August off. So that was like, not so fun either. Cause we had just, you know, all your work just, and that was the thing too. Like if in the initial times, if you're thinking, Oh my God, this is so awful. And I'm going to have to redo, you know, so you have to get out of those thoughts as you know, you have to see, and then you just have to climb your way out. And then, you know, once you've built up enough momentum, life, starts feeding you down that, you know, better river too. And it's like showing you things. And that's what you have to look for. You really, as cheesy as it sounds, or as much as we've maybe heard it in the past years, or I don't know if it sounds like a Hallmark card, but really an attitude of gratitude. It's like, just look for what you can be thankful for. Like, you know, that's a great place to start. So you can see the ashes, but like, oh, look, we have a bunkie. Oh, look at that really cool chair. Or my grandmother's painting that was in the bunkie didn't burn or well, you know what I mean? You just have to keep finding your way out. Yeah. That's, that's a great way to look at it. Cause you're right. You have no other choice. You can sit there and, and look at all the things you've lost. Look at all the things that you don't have. Look at everything that, you know, has kind of fallen away, you know, as a result of something traumatic happened. And if you just focus on that, life's going to going to stay very dark because yeah. of course if you focus on all that negative stuff i mean it's just human nature to to just completely fall apart but if you can really lean in and have that blind faith and just and focus on that that small stuff you have even if it's so small it seems silly 
and just pay attention to that and go all in on the positive things that you do have in your life, it gives you that chance for things to get better. It might not guarantee it. You might not know when it's coming, but at least gives you a chance. And we could spend all day talking about this and your story because I'm super fascinated by it. But what I really want to move into now, because it's like your expertise is talking about essential oils, cosmetics, products, because there's been a lot of emphasis. I know I've talked a lot on my show about nutrition in the context of what we put in our bodies, but not necessarily what we put on our body. And I'm a, I'm an old spice guy. I use old spice deodorant. I use like regular body wash. I'm probably like the worst candidate, you know, to have this conversation, but I want to be able to, to highlight this for my audience. So let's start there. Let's start with the the household cosmetic products that everybody uses like why is it so important for people to pay attention to what they're putting on their body yeah it's a great question well we think about what we're putting well on one level i think we know in this state we have a lot of environmental issues you know we can't maybe change air quality or where we live but what we're putting on in and around our bodies i think we have a lot of control over, but more than thing of control, it's like, that's an area where we can actually be having a lot of fun. We can be helping our body, leaning it towards like the good end, stacking the odds of in your favor for health on all levels, because whatever we're cleaning our homes with, whatever we're bathing in or putting on our bodies is going in the liver, the cells, your microbiome, they're all going to be dealing with that. And so why not make things easier for your cells and your body and your bacteria? And so one of the things, because I like to, I'm, I'm totally, I mean, I've had this whole beautiful world of cosmetics and skincare, but I'm actually like pretty low maintenance on my care of the body. Like I don't, I don't want to think about it too much. I don't want to spend a lot of time in the mirror. And so my inquiry and sort of how, you know, the, before, you know, my inquiry into things and sort of what's led me to write my books is I'm trying to think of like, what's the body supposed to be doing naturally that maybe we're inhibiting or we're getting in the way of, because the body, the whole planet, obviously every flower, every tree, the whole, the whole thing, the whole cosmos is really great design Mm -hmm. and it's all interconnected and in ways that we can't even imagine. And so You know, if I'm looking at like, how are we going to take care of our mouths? Because we've got a whole drugstore aisle full of options. And yet never before have we had more periodontal issues, more root canals, more extractions, more cavities, more bleeding and receding gums. So, and, and we've also never had more options. So what's going on. And so I like to think about, okay, well, what, how's the body designed? Like we're not born with a toothbrush in our hands. So how are, how's the body taking care of the teeth? So are are you saying to, that we shouldn't be like brushing our teeth? Are you (laughs) saying it's a toothpaste? Cause like, what's the, what's the, the, is it, do you think the cause of this is people not brushing their teeth? Do you think it's not flossing? Do you think it's the, do you think it's what we actually eat? Like all the added sugars and processed foods? Like, what do you think is causing the, these excess dental problems considering the progression of dental care that we've had? We will get you back to this episode of the Adversity Advantage in just one second, but first wanted to give a quick shout out to Danette May and Earth Echo Foods. Danette was a past guest on the podcast and shared her incredible story and how it inspired her to create her products such as Cacao Bliss, which I take every day either in my coffee or in a smoothie. 
It starts with 100% organic cacao beans that are naturally kissed by the sun, maintaining its miraculous health benefits. Then it's blended with turmeric, MCT oil, coconut, Himalayan sea salt, cinnamon, and black pepper for the perfect blend to make you feel the best you ever have. The result? Fall in love with a truly decadent, healthy, guilt-free chocolate, removing your cravings, facilitating weight loss, boosting your energy, and reducing your inflammation with one simple drink. Not only that, it is friendly to keto, gluten-free, paleo, vegan, and vegetarian diets. So go to earthechofoods.com forward slash Doug Bobes. Again, earthechofoods.com forward slash Doug Bobes. Check it out for yourself and learn more about the amazing benefits of Cacao Bliss. And when you enter in the promo code Doug at checkout, you'll get 15% off. Now back to the show. Yeah, I think it's a mix. So I think it's some of the dental procedures, some and definitely the daily chemicals that we're using in the name of caring for our teeth and food and diet, that kind of stuff. But again, food and diet could be longer, you know, going to the, you might have to undo some things at the dentist, but there's a lot that you can be empowered to do right now. And so I like to step back a bit, go broad and go like, well, how's the body taking care of the teeth? Cause it does seem weird that, you know, we weren't meant to have teeth and then for them to just decay at like three. So then I study the systems. And then what we see is that there's this dentinal fluid. Like we literally, like, the, I don't know if you know, we have like a lymphatic system in our bodies. There's mm -hmm. a lymphatic system in the teeth. that's like bringing nutrients in and then moving nutrients out onto the surface of the teeth, like microscopic sweat that coalesces with the saliva to prevent the genesis of a cavity and all that kind of stuff. So when we eat poorly and diets high in sugar, it's not the sugar in the teeth, but it's the diets high in sugar that are making high blood sugar levels. Or when we're eating diets that don't have like the base minerals like magnesium, calcium, or we're lacking fat soluble vitamins like the D3 that we would normally get from the sun or K2. When we're eating cheese or eggs or meat that are, you know, grass fed because it's the, it's the eating of the grass that gives the animal, the K2 that then goes in the egg, that kind of thing. So when we're eating from factory farms, they're all that food and those animals are grown in the shade and the shadows of the factory farming, there's no K2 in like that kind of an egg. So that's sort of the dietary part. But when we're not, so when we're eating poorly, that lymphatic system go stagnant in the tooth. And then that fluid is no longer going out into the tooth. And if it gets worse, that system becomes like a straw. So instead of it going nutrients into the tooth and then out, this, out onto the surface of the teeth, like microscopic sweat, and then coalescing with the saliva, what happens is the tooth becomes like a straw and it's sucking in the bacteria, virus, fungi from the mouth. And that's the genesis of a, genesis of a cavity. So you've got that going on, or then you've got things like sodium lauryl sulfate and toothpaste, which is a common surfactant, or triclosan, which has been banned from hand soaps and sanitizers now because it's like very harsh, kind of acts like an antibiotic to aquatic systems. And it's shown that it actually creates more super bug exposure on the hands when it's used in hand sanitizer. But anyway, it's still available in toothpaste. So you can still brush with it in your mouth, but you can't put it on your hands. So it's those kind of chemicals that could be creating something like bleeding gums or receding gums. Those things are going into your bloodstream. 
they're also messing with the microbial balance of the mouth. So we now know that there's a whole microbiome in your mouth and there's good bacteria that are taking care of the more with the pathogens. So they're the not good bacteria. Whereas in the previous, like from the 40s, 50s, 60s, we had this more germ warfare theory really with all things on the planet like agriculture, right? Let's just kill it all. And with sicknesses, again, antibiotic is just like, just kill it all. Or with the really harsh mouthwashes, it's just like, let's just take out the bacteria in the mouth. But what we now know in these past two decades is that the we're just like the genes are, are important, cells are important, but we have just as many bacteria. We have billions of bacteria that are just as essential to our functioning as the cells. And so we need to take care of the bacteria because we're basically just sort of like a host to a bacterial banquet. And we want to provide a good party for the bacteria. So when we're using these harsh chemicals to maintain our oral care, we're actually creating an environment where we're more susceptible to things like strep, using standard mouthwash because of the synthetic alcohols. And I, I'm, I don't know if this part's been studied, but my guess is because it's also decimating some of the microbiome is that there's stats that that normal mouthwash is causing 37, over 37,000 cases of oral cancer a year. We don't need that to take care of our mouths because I feel like it's kind of creating a bit of an uphill battle. So what would you do? And they're all, all these things. Well, this, I, with living libations, we make a beautiful array of organic, awesome oral care products, but let's just put that aside for a moment. Pretend you don't know me. And if you just used baking soda and, and, or sea salt for the rest of your life, period, you would be far, 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 far better off than any of your drugstore choices. So these chemicals that are in all these toothpastes that are being sold in a lot of these stores, pharmacies online, like the typical ones, Crest, Colgate, like these normal ones, the, the added chemicals that are in there are causing more danger. They're outweighing the, the dangers are outweighing the benefits, if you will. Also, I feel like then there's things like Sensodyne. Awesome. Great. Who wants sensitive teeth? But it's not dealing with the root issue. Right. So what are you going to be on Sensodyne for the rest of your life? So what it seems also teeth sensitivity often is a gum issue because it's the gums that are holding those teeth in place. And when they start to recede and so many of our dental habits create that gum line to recede, and that's usually the cause of uh, a sensitive teeth. Most people feel when they switch to one of our toothpaste, it like all the sensitivity goes, for example. So there's really fast turnaround when you're sort of on that right track. And what we've also done is created these really potent dental serums, which is actually, that was my first dental product. So I was early twenties and I really was understanding like how to take care of my body on a lot of levels. Like, you know, like I felt like all those remedies that we had, like as a teenager, like stomach aches, headaches, all that, like the over the counter stuff, I now had a whole new world where I was like, oh, if it's that, it's that, but you know, maybe headaches even coming from constipation or whatever. So I, I had like a whole new way of taking care of my body and understanding it. But the dentistry was like, uh, still a bit of a mystery. 
and going to the dentist was so shrouded. Like all the knowledge is there. You just use your crest between visits and right. And then they'll take care of the rest. And so I found it hard, kind of hard nut to crack and there wasn't books, but I went to what was like a holistic dentist in that time in the nineties, the dentist wasn't that holistic, but the hygienist was, and she saw the beginnings of a cavity. And she was like, look, go home, work with those herbs, make something and we'll take an x-ray in six months and we'll see if it's improved. I didn't even know you had a chance if there was a cavity developing. Like I didn't know that the teeth responded and were like engaged with the body in that level. So when I started going, well, duh, of course, like they're completely connected to the body. The teeth are alive. There's, you know, they're responding to the blood system and all of that. So then if they're alive, they can be regenerated and you can, then I was sort of finding dentists and dentist books that were like, yeah, you know, cavities can be where there was a, a Navy dentist who was like, you know, just on the ships and they didn't have access to stuff all the time. And so he found all this just through using like sea salt and baking soda of restoring people, of preventing cavities from forming further, from solidifying the cavities. So, you know, you can have, there are other options once a cavity is started, it can go back to a solid tooth before a filling is put in. So, but besides that, Gums can also, you know, you don't necessarily have to have gum surgery if your gums are receding. And if you have the gum surgery, you might need it in 10 years because you still haven't dealt with the original cause of the receding gums. Could be the sodium lauryl sulfate in the toothpaste. It could be tension because you're grinding your teeth every night. It could be the silver amalgam filling, which is releasing mercury, you know, 24-7 or also causing the bruxism, the TMJ. So there's a million, you know, there's so many possibilities. And what I think is most important is that people just know wherever your mouth's at right now, whatever you've been using, it can evolve. It can get better. Cause I think sometimes people think, oh, well, I'm 40, 50 now. I'll just, you know, be on the path of tooth extractions and crown fillings. And eventually at 90, not have very many teeth left. So we got other options. <laughs> yeah. And I, I want to, ask a couple follow-up questions because there's going to be people listening to this that I'm sure. sure they're going to say, okay, all right. So you're saying to use baking soda and sea salt could be like a great first step for people to do away with some of these toxic oral products. Yeah. But I think another, other than cleaning their teeth and taking care of their teeth, another big reason that people brush their teeth is for their breath to smell good. So yeah. what can people do in a natural way if they're not using the minty toothpaste because there's no scent that comes really from baking soda and sea salt. Yeah. Well, the good thing is like the, the baking soda and sea salt are also antibacterial and antifungal, and they'll really be taking care of removing the plaque in the mouth, which then stops the VOCs, the volatile organic compounds that the bacteria, it's like the bacteria's excrement is also what's adding to halitosis beside, because they're alive. We've got living creatures in our body. And so that's why we want to have the like healthy bacteria because what they're eating and excreting is healthy, whereas the pathogens aren't. And as gross as it sounds, that's the biology of our body. And so also tongue scraping because the, which is Ayurvedic thing. And you just, it's a piece of metal and you can just scrape your tongue. You can just also use a spoon or like the back of a butter knife, because these are things that people can do right away. I like to give solutions right away. And that plaque on the tongue is also a major source of halitosis. 
what's halitosis if you could just explain it for the listeners well it's basically just bad breath it's okay. simply put now that's the simple simple method within what we've created and that was uh, one of the first products that we made which is which was the happy gum drops which is what i made from that dental hygienist telling me to go home and see what i could do and i would apply that and then six months later we took the x-ray and the cavity was healed and sealed so but using those essential oils not only do they smell good see in a in a commercial toothpaste all you've got is the smell that minty fresh or the cinnamon, but it's not a real essential oil. It's just a food flavor compound. When we're working with real genuine authentic essential oils, like real peppermint, not just the isolated menthol that was in a toothpaste, then we're getting like each drop of oil has over 500 different botanical natural chemical components and they are doing the work. And they, what now we know when modern science and researchers study essential oils and the oral microbiome is now we're getting answers as to why for thousands of years, various cultures use things like frankincense, rose, uh, tea tree, the aboriginals in, in Australia, myrrh, cardamom, clove, cinnamon, you know, neem, all those sort of classic things that you may have heard of around digestion and food and oral care. So now when we study those, we're able to see that essential oils, well, we know they're antifungal to varying degrees. They are all essential oils, again, to varying degrees are antifungal, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammatory. So they can calm the gums down. They can rebalance the microflora. But here's the really cool part is that they now know that essential oils are something called quorum sensing inhibitors, which means uh, QSI for short, that the essential oils are able to block the proliferation of pathogens. They're able to block the gene expression and the, the traction that pathogens get. So they're normally just sort of free floating around in the body, but when the conditions are right, they're able to like find the other pathogens and gang up and get stronger in a group and then create things like biofilms and those biofilms antibiotics can't even bust through them sometimes. And now we're also have a lot of antibiotic resistance. So the essential oils are able to clean up the pathogens while working with the good bacteria. So they're not destroying the good bacteria, but they're cleaning up the pathogens. So essential oils are like such an amazing gift for oral care. So we have them in all of our toothpaste and stuff, but we've also created very concentrated dental serums, which is just like you use it by the drop. That can even replace toothpaste if you want, or you can take your baking soda, you know, dip your brush in the baking soda, add one drop of the dental serum. And then you've got like, you know, you're rejuvenating the gums, you're taking care of things, totally working on breath on a deep, deep level. And you can also take one drop, slide it along your floss, and then you're flossing and you're getting that, I call them botanical biotics, up into each little tiny gum line where often people are bleeding, receding. So you're able to get that plant information there and it helps to speed up the healing. It makes the gums like nice and spongy again, the right color, tone. So that's kind of the magic of the essential oils and oral care. So from a baseline level, like ideally, you know, living libations makes great products for oral care, but let's just say someone just like wants to, cause I want to put a bow on this and then I want to talk about yeah. other products. 
say somebody just wants to start to make that shift away from traditional toothpaste, what you're saying is to start with baking soda, sea salt, and then what is, what is like something else they could add in there again? Because I know like people yeah. are going to want their breath to smell good. I mean, oh, I know for I, sure. they're going to want to be able to walk away with that minty taste. They're going to be going out to dinner. They're going to have a meeting yeah. and they want their breath to smell good. So what's something they can get at a store? What's something they can get like in a spice aisle? Like, is there something they can do to yeah. add to that to help? For sure. You could even, you could add even like crushed uh, peppermint to that baking soda, but just you know, we sell over a hundred different essential oils. And if you can find an organic, authentic peppermint oil, one bottle, I mean, I think it's like definitely ours. I think it's $10, a five mil bottle. You're using it by the drop. You can carry that bottle around. You could put one drop in your mouth before a meeting. You could put one drop in your water and drink that in all day. You could put, you can make a little mouthwash in your uh, bathroom with some sea salt, a drop of peppermint. You can put peppermint in that little batch of baking soda. And like, you've totally got it taken care of. Cool. All right. Cool. So yeah, I will. I, I, yeah, I think it's, it's important for people to be able to know, like from a, from a fundamental baseline level, like what are some things that they can do when they want to, cause it's hard. It's hard. Like I said, if, if somebody has been brushing their teeth with the same product for 10 years, it's so- hard, but I just, when people switch, they're just like, Oh my God, yeah. like it may seem hard or, or awkward, but it's like a whole new world awaits. I yeah. promise you. We also just, we, we do free consultations. People can email us any question in the world, even like, what do I do with my root canal or whatever? And we'll just hopefully help you out or send you on the right path. But we're totally here for all the questions. Awesome. Well, no, that was some great information. I think I want to talk more about household products. So right. like, what are some of the, like, every, we all use deodorant. We all use body wash, soap you know, hand soap, dishwashing detergent, laundry detergent. What are some of the non-negotiables that people need to pay attention to in their house? So let's just say if there was two to three other products besides toothpaste that are the dangers far outweigh the benefits, like what are those products people need to be mindful of and why? Well, I think deodorant is key because that is, you know, you're getting micro dose of aluminum and other chemicals like daily for decades, maybe 40, 50, 60 years for some people. And for women too, they're shaving in that area. So I think, you know, then it's like, just like little straws sucking in all that stuff. You know, when they do, when they look at breast cancer tissue, 99% has parabens in it, which is a classic preservative for pretty much like kind of all cosmetics, deodorants, that kind of thing. So we definitely, these things are showing up in our body. They have a long half-life and they're not leaving. So you want to be working with ingredients that flow through the body. You know, they do their work and then they go. So I feel like, and also, yeah, deodorant. And it's not, it's like masking aroma. It's kind of messing with that microbiome and your smell and your pheromones. So I have found it, it, it took me a moment. I couldn't even in my twenties, cause I was like making some spray deodorants and they weren't quite wor- working. And then finally at 24, I was looking into sandalwood and it, it has a plant pheromone. That's like the same as androsterone that both men, male and females emit from their armpits. And it has such a resonance with the armpit and one drop basically transforms a whole armpit. All of a sudden your own natural smells smell like they've been, they're just gorgeous. Cause they're like working harmoniously with the plant extracts rather than this masking of a wall of synthetic aroma that you can feel right behind it. It's like the other, the classic sort of body odor. So I made this line called poetic pits 
and there's underarm charms, which are cream deodorants. But basically, you can just take a sandalwood or even a vetiver as like one drop, and you could use that as a very, very effective deodorant that even if you didn't shower for a day, you would still be probably good for about 48 hours. We have, but our poetic pits are like, are the sandalwood. And then of course we're making, adding different scents and flavors. So we've got like Maverick poetic pits, Petal poetic pits. Like we've got I don't know, like 12 different kinds for men and women. And they're so phenomenal. People get stopped after like a hot yoga class or, or working out at the gym and they're all sweaty and they're like, how do you still smell so good? I need to know what you're wearing. So basically people kind of get followed around like a Pied Piper with the poetic pits because it completely transforms. So I think it's also a good example of a, we don't have it going on with deodorant. We, you know, right now the commercial deodorants are adding to our toxic load. And I don't think they're really that sensual. I want to have a long life, but I definitely want to be like healthy for the right. whole lifespan. You know, I don't want to be working with brain issues when I'm 90. And a lot of the stuff that we're doing in the name of beauty, in the name of self-care is sending us on that path. And I'm here, I guess I'm here to say like, A, most of us don't even know there are other choices, but it doesn't have to be like, we're cutting off the good stuff. And then it's just got to be very austere or you got to wear Birkenstocks and eat granola, you know, like we're not serving the body with these products. There's, I feel like generally speaking, like another agenda, like to sell or to market or to make you feel insecure about a body and like, you know, and the ingredients are coming from a whole different place, a whole different economy. And when we can engage with these possibilities and these options, I'm here to say too, like, A, I don't think that those are good choices because we've got the track records now, we've got the science that is showing us that the deodorants aren't good. And oh my God, we have this whole other experience that can be fun and sensual and working with your body and actually helping your immune system. Like literally it's on the side of you and you're functioning and you're probably going to be more popular. <laughs> right. Because people will be like, oh my God, you smell so good. What is that? You'll just have a whole new aura that people are like, hmm. So it's fun. It can be fun. So if there's somebody listening to this and maybe they, they're using a more traditional deodorant and they're starting to experience, like I know like sometimes it can cause like skin irritation or it can cause, like you were saying, like something with your immune function and, and other negative side effects. So what are some simple things that somebody could do? to to help alleviate that if they want to make a change and say okay i'm going to stop using the few dollar deodorant and use something more natural and organic that's better for my skin over the long term yeah well again you can uh, baking soda can come in you can dust your pits with baking soda that actually helps what is it about baking soda that's that makes it so effective for your skin well yeah it's a it's a just such an interesting substance and it's uh, of course like Uh, on the planet, but it's also our bodies make baking soda as well. And as we age, there's less and less production, but it helps our kidneys process things. And it's a very, it's important for the body. And then for care, even care of the home, like I love it for cleaning our whole home. Like that's what we use to scrub the toilets or the bathtub. We just add some hydrogen peroxide, 
lemongrass and a bunch of baking soda, you can pretty much scrub anything down, right? And then on our bodies, what's so great is it's a, it can be good exfoliant. It can scrub things down. If people are switching over shampoos, I often say add in some baking soda because there is such a buildup of polymers and synthetic ingredients in the scalp. You can kind of let it free and breathe. In the mouth, it's mineralizing, it's alkalinizing because our saliva ideally is, should be on the alkaline side. When it's acidic, that's when other oral issues happen. And because of our diets in North America, we're a little bit more acidic than we should be. So baking soda is like the quickest alkalinizer too. So it can just take that acid, acidic sort of mouth and immediately alkalinize it. So immediately the saliva is happy. The mouth starts to calm down. And so it's just this great substance and it's very budget friendly, very easy to get. And I think every house needs a few pounds of it on hand at all times. So baking soda is like the new kale. So you can just use yeah, it on, on everything. So, and, and the reason I want to bring this up is I think when people can understand like a why, that's why we were talking oh, trying to sure. get deep into the oral care and, and then the how and like why it's so important that then people will, I think, want to make a change potentially versus if you just say, Hey, these are some things you can do. People are like, all right, I already, I kind of know I, I already walked by, by past these different labeled deodorants, these different labeled toothpaste in the aisles. Maybe I've tried them and, you know, I can't get behind it because of the taste or because of the, the expense or whatever it is. But when you, I think when, now that you've kind of helped show like the why, and then how to make these simple steps to, to help people transition out of that, I, hopefully people listening to this and even myself, again, I've, this has been something that I've been working on personally for years. We'll, we'll try to make a more conscious effort about the products that I'm using in my home. So if you had to pick one other one, whether it's a cl cleaning products, laundry detergent, dish soap, like what would be another, another one that's a usual suspect that you think people should do their best to do away with immediately? I think our relationship to soap, we mm -hmm. want to look at, we need soap in our lives for sure. You know, I grew up in an era where there was like the ads for soap was just like the big foaming. You're just getting all the soap, lathering every body part. That is like totally outdated. We just, we need soap for our pits, for our bits. We want to scrub our nails, keep our hands clean, but we don't want to use soap to wash our face. And we just don't need to be soaping up like our thighs and calves. You know, we want to leave that microbiome intact because anywhere, even if it's a natural soap, you're still, you know, you got, you're playing with the, with the whole little microbiome there. So unless it's like dirty or something, we just don't need that on a daily basis. Now for the face, we want to actually be washing it with oil. And you can also use that, this oil method for like, after you get out of the bath or shower, and you can use it to also like moisturize and exfoliate the body and stuff. So even what we now know too, with studying soap, even if it's like a mild, you think it's a mild foaming cleanser or whatever, or from the health food store on a microscopic level, we now know that the surfactants are leaving microscopic splinters in the stratum corneum, which is the thin topmost layer of the skin. And those microscopic splinters of surfactants are not leaving the face when washed. So they're building up daily, year after year. And then that can be manifesting in microbial imbalance and problems like melasma, rosacea, eczema, hyperpigmentation, dry, patchy, scaly skin, like just the whole, all the things that can make the skin go off balance. 
So when we use oil to cleanse, so you just, you know, wet the face, usually like just a classic face cloth and that classic terry cloth will give you enough texture to exfoliate. Then you squirt, uh, then there's a, you wet a part of the cloth, squirt it with oil, and then you're just using that to massage and cleanse the face and then you're done. How simple is that for a guy? Right. <laughs> What do you think about cologne and, and perfume and stuff like that? Is that is dangerous? I love cologne say. and perfume, okay, <laughs> but cool. of course we're making it. We make, we have, we have such an exquisite line of colognes and perfumes, but they're being made basically how we were making perfume for the hundreds and hundreds of years before like the 1920s, before synthetics started coming in. So because the origins of perfume are from, you know, like ancient Egypt, Cyprus, they were making some of the earliest perfumes, some of the earliest methods of distillation. Cleopatra had like a whole other room to her bathing room, which was a still room. And they would just make fresh rose water and distill the roses and make the perfumes and stuff. So yeah, perfumes are so exquisite because you're getting to really work with the flowers and the plant material. And I feel like each one is like a piece of art. Yeah. I mean, that's been a, the hot topic, I guess, over the last couple of years is do you use traditional cologne and perfume or do you go more natural? And I personally, I, I understand the benefits of, of going more natural, but I, I guess my personal pre preference is just to use the traditional cologne you would buy at a store or even like the traditional cologne you would buy online or at a store, but I can definitely see the benefits of, of why it would make sense to go the other direction. So if you're making a line that you can get like both, you can get the, the organic natural component of going the healthier route along with a good scent. It doesn't just, I guess, smell purely like an essential oil, I guess for, for me, I think that would be like the, the best bang for the buck, if you will, because that's, I look at like limiting beliefs and why people wouldn't go the natural route. And I think it's more or less because the smell is just, maybe they're just not attracted to the smell when they're looking to smell something on their body versus like lavender people can get, get into like for trying to sleep. But when they're like looking for something, maybe to buy for their partner or the spray on themselves, maybe they're just not as attracted to that scent. Yeah. Well, again, the single oils, you know, they all, they're all asking to be like worked with to make the perfume. So you know, we do have lavender in some perfumes, but you wouldn't even probably, you wouldn't know, oh, that's the lavender. It makes up the whole, but you, well, I'm just so excited. I'm thinking about all the things we're going to be sending you <laughs> after I get off this call, <laughs> going to send you some poetic pits, one of our forest colognes, some thing to take care of your face, your teeth. <laughs> yes. I'm all, I'm all, I'm all for trying new things. I'm all for, for experimenting. I'll try anything. And and I guess with that said, I want to, as we kind of wrap up our conversation, I, I do want to talk more about essential oils because I know at the foundation of everything you've talked about throughout our conversation, it started with essential oils for you. I know like what you were in your early twenties when you opened up like, like a, a massive aromatherapy place and that kind of sparked the rest of your journey to dive into other forms of holistic healthcare, holistic skincare and, and cosmetics. So I feel like there's two people. There's the person that believes in essential oils and they use them regularly. And there's the person that's, that thinks they're a bit hokey and might not believe as much into them. And, and maybe there's people in the middle, but like, what, like why are essential oils like so beneficial? Like what is it about them that can that have these massive healing qualities, the, the great health benefits that so many people speak of? 
Yeah. Well, essential oils too, it's very important right off the top. Like so many that are out there on the market aren't real. Okay. Period. Fake, added, adulterated, diff- many different games can happen. And also essential oils. So when I was first getting into it too, like essential a distillation for aromatherapy for the essential oils is very rare because most of the production of things eventually is for the food and flavor industry where it gets folded refraction, like all this fancy stuff happens to it. Gotcha. So, you know, so even like maybe when you smelt that bottle of lavender, it might not have been the r- real lavender too. Not saying that, you know, it's not like lavender makes the most perfect perfume on its own, but so it's very important that it's real because if you're reading about what an essential oil is going to do in a book or something, it's only going to happen if it's a real genuine distillation. So, you know, we, I've been working for, with my distillers for over 25 years. We get third-party testing on our batches. You know, we totally go into it. And that's so important because otherwise it's not going to be what it says it is. So that being said, what I found so fascinating when I got into all of this was there's, you know, we have herbal tinctures. There's just like plants, like, you know, that you see around there's flower essences. There's like, and then like raw materials, like olive oil and jojoba. Mm -hmm. And in the realm of medicine, I find the essential oils so fascinating because they're, they're this distillate so that has to come through this alchemical process of distilling the oil out of these sort of glands of the plant. And not every plant has these aromatic molecules. Like there's no tulip essential oil because the plant does not have aromatic molecules. And when we're extracting these things from the plant, they're a key part of the plant. They're like an immune system for the plant that then through distillation, we get to like partake in that. They're called essential oils, but if you felt them, they're not oily at all. They're actually volatile compounds that evaporate. So the oil part's a bit of a misnomer in a way because it's not like a heavy fatty oil, like an olive oil or a coconut. And then the other thing that's so fascinating is that even if you can't smell an essential oil, it works on the body physiologically. So even if you can't smell, when you're inhaling that rosemary, and even though you can't smell it, it's still the molecules are traveling up into your body. They're working with the limbic system and the hypothalamus, and then that's activating different chemical messengers and stuff's happening. Or again, if you don't smell, but you're using it topically, uh, let's say you just had like a wound that happened, you know, you'd want to pour in some frankincense and mortel or peppermint would act like a freezing oil. It's cleaning. So it's like literally going to clean out like the dirt on your cut. Like it's going to like, you know what, like I can't remember, what do we use when we were kids to clean things out? Bactine or something? Oh <laughs> I yeah. I know. What you're yeah. Neosporin. I think. Yeah. Like it can be that for you, but way more powerful, way more juicy and no side effects. So again, if you can't smell, they work. And if, but the fun thing is it's medicine, so to speak, that comes with, to me, sort of this other dimension of smell. And then when we tap into smell, I feel like then we can also access other parts of our body, like our mind and emotions and our moods. And and it literally through science, we can see that the essential oils, you know, they do affect the limbic and the hypothalamus. So they really are affecting moods and emotions. So to me, they're like, they're so multifaceted. And then each one, while we can generalize about them, then each one is like this own miraculous substance, like rose to distill that and to 
to know that it's more antibacterial or it's like just as antibacterial as clove or it can numb. You can use rose oil as like a numbing agent, you know, so there's just like a palette of medicine that is just so fun and beautiful and like colorful and it just appeals to all of the senses and yet has this deep physiological effect on the body. So that's awesome. No, and it, and it makes sense. Right. And I think it just goes back to a lot of the, like the theme of our conversation that a lot of these products that you see traditionally may not be what they seem, whether it is something like an essential oil or some of these other household products. And that's why it's, it's important to do your research and potentially buy, you know, buy products from a company like yours that have been tested by a third party and that have done their due diligence and own research to create and formulate like a top of the line product. And also somebody who's been doing it for, for a long time, you've been in the business for, for a very long time. And with that said, the recurring theme of the show is we talk a lot about stress and anxiety and sleep. So what are, what are some of the best essential oils that can help with somebody um, when they're stressed, when they're feeling anxious, when they're not sleeping well, and then why do these essential oils work so well to calm people down? Yeah, that's a great question. And while there's lots of ways to use essentials, also remember, you can just have that little bottle and you can just like inhale it from the yeah. bottle, you know, as like, a, especially for an anxiety or something, because that's when you really want to engage the breathing. And we also have these things called salt pipes, which is like a ceramic pipe with salt in it. And you add the essential oil and you can do breathe through your nose, your mouth. And it's so cleansing for the lungs and the whole people have found they can Sometimes they can use that instead of an inhaler or they're getting rid of some sinus stuff. Mm. So that's also just really good. A lot of people carry it around for anxiety. So just doing that deep breathing, people on planes. So you, again, you're getting really good air, keeping things calm. And there's a number of studies that, that show the very, various essential oils for you know, anxiety and stuff. One of the ones that was studied the most was bergamot, which is, is a small, uh, or, look, it's a citrus. It's like a, looks like a tiny orange. And that's a beautiful smell that's also in, they used to flavor Earl Grey tea. So if you're familiar with that aroma, that is bergamot. And there were studies way back from the 70s, or was it 1984, that shows Italian, the University of Milan, where they showed it to be very effective for, and that's because, again, it was what we talked about before with the physiological effects, like you're inhaling those molecules, whether you can smell them or not, and it's working physiologically. So, yeah. And I mean, that makes sense. So with that said, like, what are some of the specific oils or scents that maybe if somebody wants to check out something oh, from, yeah. from living libations, or maybe they want to go to a, a different, to a store or get something on Amazon. I mean, um, not that obviously you were trying to encourage that, but we know like the, the, the traditional ones are like lavender. When people think of like, oh, I want to sleep better. They're like, oh, let me get my lavender machine going to help me sleep. So what are some other ones that people can check out if they're looking to kind of bring the mood down? Bring and, things down. Yeah. yeah. Sandalwood, frankincense, bergamot, you know, some of the more exotic florals like jasmine, but that could be, that would be more like euphoric and calm, sensual and calm. And we also make blends. So we have a, a sweet sleep serum that I, I, somebody had died at my son's school, important person. And the teachers were obviously very, very distraught. And so I gave a gift of this sweet sleep serum to the principal. And she was like, oh my God, that's the first night of sleep I've had in a week. 
can we provide that for the, the whole faculty? And I was like, absolutely. And then we had so many people sleeping and that was so nice to hear. So yeah, I'll also make blends for things. Like we've also got one feeling good today. So that's good for the mood and emotions. We've also got one called bedtime story blend, which is great for unwinding the kids. It has some Mandarin in it as well as vanilla, which is, which is calming. (laughs) Cool. I mean, and I think it's important for people as they're listening to this to check out things like this, because if you're somebody who is struggling with stress or anxiety or sleep, I found essential oils to be helpful for me personally for that. I haven't really ex- tried to use them for a lot of other things. I mean, I've definitely had like lavender machines and I've definitely slept better when I've used that. Now, again, I don't know if it's specifically just related to that or if I was, it was some of the other things I was doing, but you know, I do believe in trying things to see if they yeah. do work. So if you're somebody who is unsure of, are not a believer in essential oils, I encourage you to at least try it. Try some of yeah, the products. It, it's fun and it's a beautiful experience. And then also like there's so many different uh, studies that have been done through the decades of showing like, you know, whether it's when are you re- brain activity reading or what, like showing the essential oils, like they, they the science is there. <laughs> so you yeah. don't have to like necessarily believe in it because it, it just kind of is but you can definitely like engage with it and have a lot of fun with it. If you want, they're there, I think to add and to be allies to our life. And then the one thing with our company and the beautiful things that we make is they're just kind of built in. So you're just using it. You don't have to sort of think of it as a separate action. It's just like, you're already going to put deodorant on. Why not make it a good choice? You know, it's again, I think about to be resilient in life and especially now, I think it's just about like looking at your daily life and then like, how can you stack the odds in your favor and have fun at the same time while you're doing it? Absolutely. It's all about having fun. And I think the other thing I want to point out too, is I don't think you're saying that essential oil, like you can't take a completely unhealthy person and just say, Oh, just use essential oils and do nothing else. And your life's going to completely transform. Right. And I think some people get that idea where they think that's what people mean with the essential oils. And it's like, no, it's just like, it's just simply very similar to eating better, drinking more water, adding in meditation, adding in prayer, exercising. It's a wheel. Like you want to make yeah, sure and you're, it, you're encompassing And they can everything. be a part of all of those moments. You can exactly. use it in meditation. You can use it in eating better. And they're very good at like helping with the symptoms of life, so to speak. Like you got a bug bite, you got a cut, like those things that can just tiny moments, like, or a zit even, which, you know, is so easy to manage a zit, but maybe you don't want one that day or, you know what I mean? So they're there for you to help in those tiny moments, which hopefully then help with that big picture as well. Right. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, and this has been a cool conversation because I was, I was intrigued to, to learn more because I don't, I don't think I've ever really covered this in this in depth on the show. And I think it's a thing because I think what I'm hearing you say is essentially the, you know, the foods that we eat, if we eat a bunch of processed foods, sugar, fried foods, you know, all that stuff, it's going to really mess up our microbiome and our gut. Right. Yeah. And what I'm hearing you say is, the stuff in some of these products affects our microbiome in the same way that the processed food does because of the toxins that are in these chemicals. So I think people need to be more mindful of what they're putting on their body. And I also think the theme of this conversation too, is I don't, I, I, if it were me and my experience, don't try and make a drastic change. It's like, what are some of the simple small steps? So maybe if you're somebody that's 
brushing your teeth every day with, you know, a traditional toothpaste, adding in that baking soda and sea salt along with the toothpaste to just get in the habit of using the baking soda and the sea salt and then just seeing where that takes you. And maybe like one day you're like, you know, maybe I'll brush my teeth with toothpaste three days a week or four days. Take a week. off the training wheels. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and you just slowly build. And then over time you build this foundation, you rebuild that you build this house of new habits, you know, new behaviors, new patterns with, with different healthy things. So Nadine, this has been great. Thank you so much for coming on. Hopefully you enjoyed the conversation and, I did. and where can people find out more about you? If they want to buy your books, obviously you have living uh, libations, L I B A T I O N S. Where can people check you out? Yeah. So we got living libations and then my books are there and anywhere books are sold. Plus there's audible versions. And then, you know, we're on the social media channels. I think we're most active on Instagram. We've got Nadine Artemis official and living libations official. And on my, or on them, you can also just see the beauty of where we get to live. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I will make sure to put all that stuff in the show notes. And you guys are definitely going to want to go check out Nadine, check out more about her story. She has an incredible story that we didn't really get too much into on how she got into aromatherapy and getting into the, the cosmetic line of work. It's pretty cool and pretty inspiring. And, you know, just for those listening, like just really like, I just want you to, to listen to this conversation with an open mind and, and just take some of what Nadine said and just, and just see if you, where you can apply it to your life. Maybe you do some more research. Maybe you try out a new product. Maybe you try out some essential oils. Just, just, just try it. Cause you never know unless you try. And then you, you never know, like you could try it and then love it. And then it can completely change your life and affect your family. It can affect just how you feel about yourself. You just, you just never know. So other than that, what I'd like you to do is go check out, Nadine, go check out Nadine and her, her website and her social channels, and then take a screenshot with a takeaway. Maybe it was something that she said about gratitude from her story. Maybe it was something she said about oral care. Maybe it was something that she said about essential oils. Take a screenshot, tag Nadine, tag myself. We'd love to hear your feedback. And we once again, thank you for listening to this episode of the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bobes. We'll see you next time.